Hello everyone, welcome back to Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. Today, you will hear statistics regarding convictions without a body, and I will share with you some of the many successful stories. Well, successful is relative. Are you ready? Let's do this! Hey guys, D here. Before we start, I'd like to thank all of our Can't Stop, Won't Stop patrons. Your monthly donations helps families just like ours fight for justice. The amount of money that we had to spend on a PI FOIA request, travel expenses, signs, bracelets, posters, and so much more was detrimental on our family. Which is why Lindsay created her Patreon tiers ranging from $8 a month up to $100 a month. Without each of you, there is no way she could continue to help in the fight for justice. Thanks, babe. And so you guys, if you're wondering how you can help on a monthly basis, please check out my Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash can't stop, won't stop, where you can learn about those four different tiers that are available. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. So after last week's episode featuring the disappearance of Jessica Bedford, I became very intrigued and curious about the number of convicted cases without the victim's body present. I asked the members on our Can't Stop, Won't Stop Facebook page your thoughts on needing a body in a missing persons case in order for an arrest. Most said that no body was needed but the circumstantial evidence must be ironclad. And I agree. As stated in the article, no corpse, no problem, notable murder convictions without a body, written by Crystal Ponte on July 9th, 2020. She writes, corpus delecti, meaning, quote, body of the crime, end quote, requires proof that a crime took place before an individual can be charged with that crime. With murder, a corpse is considered the most crucial piece of evidence. A body can generally tell investigators when and how a murder happened, but there are cases where the victim is never found and homicide is prosecuted and even proven. Since the year 1843, more than 500 known no-body murder trials have been held in the United States, you guys. So that is around three no-body murder trials a year have been held in the United States. Although murder charges without a corpse are rare, nationally, about 86% of no-body murder cases that go to trial result in convictions compared to all murder cases with conviction rates of 70%. 
You guys, this tells us that the percentage rate of convictions is higher in a no-body case than in all murder cases. This tells me that without a body, the detectives make sure what is presented to the prosecutor and then the judge and the jury is airtight. This statistic is alarming to me. Yeah, it appears to be more difficult to get a conviction without a body. But shit, if prosecutors are so hard on detectives to provide overwhelming evidence without a body, sounds like they need to do the same with a body. Just saying. The article goes on to say that most no-body murder cases that go to trial are based on lengthy investigations and an abundance of strong evidence. The evidence in a solid no-body murder case tends to cluster around what are called the, quote, three legs of the stool, end quote. So it goes on to say that the most important leg of the stool is some type of forensic evidence, which includes DNA, such as maybe blood, hair, fiber and fingerprints, or some technological evidence, including like the cell phone tower records, surveillance camera pictures, or some other technology that shows that someone was or was not at a certain location. The other two legs of the stool are confessions made from families or friends, where they reveal that they know who the killer is, And the third is the defendant's confession to the police. So with strong evidence, prosecutors can establish a motive and the involvement of the accused demonstrating that a victim was indeed murdered. Take a listen to just some of the hundreds of no-body cases that ended with convictions. Information was found on Wikipedia... FBI.gov, and NobodyMurders.com. Victim, Grace Budd. Disappearance date, May 28, 1928. Conviction, March 1935. American serial killer Albert Fish, also known as the Moon Maniac and Brooklyn Vampire, became a suspect in five murders. He confessed to three, including the kidnapping and murder of 10-year-old Grace Budd. In November 1934, Albert and Delia Budd received an anonymous letter detailing the graphic killing of their daughter, Grace, whom Fish lured away from their home under false pretense in 1928. He said he brought the young girl to a home in Westchester County, New York, strangled her, and cut up her body into pieces, which he claimed to have eaten over a period of nine days. So without a body, and despite a plea of insanity, a jury convicted Fish of Bud's murder in 1935 and sentenced him to death. He died in the electric chair on January 16, 1936. A no-body conviction victim. Evelyn Scott. Disappearance date, May 16, 1955. Conviction, December 21, 1957. The disappearance of socialite 
Evelyn Scott, in May 1955, is considered a cornerstone case in a no-body murder prosecutions. When Evelyn vanished from her Los Angeles home, her husband, Leonard Ewing Scott, gave conflicting accounts about her possible whereabouts and refused to file a missing persons report. Investigators searched the Scott property in March 1956 and found Evelyn's dentures, glasses, and clothes. Soon after, the district attorney discovered Leonard had been forging Evelyn's signature on checks and giving her possessions to other women with whom he was romantically linked. Although he did not confess to killing his wife and there was no indication of any violence, Leonard was arrested on April 9, 1957 and charged with murder. Prosecutors based their case on circumstantial evidence, presenting Leonard as a broke opportunist who cashed in on Evelyn's substantial wealth. In December of 1957, a jury convicted Leonard of murder in the first degree and sentenced him to life imprisonment. You guys, he then confessed to killing his wife with one blow to the head with a rubber mallet after being released from prison in 1978. He said he buried the body in the Nevada desert. Evelyn's body has never been found. A no-body conviction. Victims. Catherine and Sheila Lyon. Disappearance date, March 25, 1975. Conviction, September 2017. On March 25, 1975, 10-year-old Catherine Lyon and her 12-year-old sister Sheila vanished from a mall in Wheaton, Maryland. The case went cold until 2013 when investigators linked the crime to Lloyd Lee Welch, a convicted and incarcerated child molester. Items belonging to the girls were recovered at his property in Virginia. Authorities believe Welch burned the girls' bodies at this location, and they did not find any organic remains. In 2017, Welch pleaded guilty to their kidnapping and murder and received a 48-year sentence. The 42 years between the disappearance of the sisters and Welch's conviction is the longest lull in an American no-body murder case. A no-body conviction. In 1990, a Connecticut jury convicted Newton Airline pilot Richard Crafts of killing his Danish wife in the 1986 Wood Chipper murder, so called for the machine he had rented to dispose of her body in nearby lakes and streams. He was sentenced to 50 years in prison. The state police's forensic unit was able to match the DNA of some of the fragments that were discovered to his wife, Crafts, and the wood chipper her husband had used. It was the first bodiless murder trial in the state's history. A no-body conviction. In April 1994, Heidi Allen, 18, of New Haven, New York, was abducted from the convenience store where she worked. Her body has never been found. Brothers Gary and Richard Thibodeau were charged with kidnapping and murder. They were tried separately. Gary was found guilty and sentenced to 25 years to life, while Richard was acquitted. 
a no-body conviction. In 1996, Thomas Capano was convicted of the murder of Anne-Marie Fahey, his former lover. Investigators did not have a murder weapon or a body, nor any evidence that Capano had purchased a gun. He was convicted of first-degree murder in part due to the evidence given by his brother, Jerry, who had admitted to helping Capano dump Fahey's body in the Atlantic Ocean. A no-body conviction. In May 1999, the New England High Court convicted Scott Watson of the murder of Ben Smart and Olivia Hope. Their bodies have never been found. A no-body conviction. In 2000, prosecutors in Orange County secured New York State's first ever bodiless murder conviction. Gregory Chrysler and Lawrence Wigant were found guilty of beating co-worker Dominic Pendino to death with a baseball bat and disposing of his body. They mistakenly believed Pendino had given police the tip that had led to their arrest on drug-dealing charges. They relied on eyewitness testimony from a former girlfriend and police informant, as well as forensic evidence showing that enough of Pendino's blood stained a car seat for him to have died without immediate medical attention. You guys, neither the body nor the bat have been recovered. Chrysler and Wagant are still in prison and refuse to say where the remains are. A no-body conviction. In 2002, Gurley Chu Hassenkoff's husband and his mistress were convicted of her murder, which occurred in 1999. Hassenkoff's remains have never been located. A no-body conviction. In 2006, prosecutors in Nashville, Tennessee, had Perry March arrested and extradited from Mexico after he had been secretly indicted on charges of murdering his wife, Janet, who had disappeared in 1996. An attempt to have March's in-laws killed while March was awaiting trial led to the arrest of his father who, as part of a plea agreement, confessed to burying his daughter-in-law in a pile of brush near Bowling Green, Kentucky. But he was unable to lead police to the body after the intervening nine years. Perry March was convicted in 2006, almost 10 years to the day after his wife disappeared. A no-body conviction. In 2007, in Omaha, Nebraska, Christopher Edwards was convicted of murdering his girlfriend, Jessica O'Grady, whose body has never been found. His mattress was soaked with her blood. A nobody conviction. In 2008, Hans Reiser was convicted of first-degree murder of his wife, Nina Reiser, after conviction and before sentencing. Reiser pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of second-degree murder in exchange for disclosing the location of his wife's body. Now that was a no-body conviction that led to the location of a body. Loria Bible and Ashley Freeman disappeared 
December 29 or 30th of 1999. Conviction date, 2020. Two 16-year-old friends went missing after Freeman's house burned down. Lariah was attending a sleepover at Ashley's residence. The charred remains of Freeman's parents were discovered in the rubble. Both were shot in the head. Two convicted killers, Tommy Lynn Sells and Jeremy Jones, confessed to murdering them, but both then recanted their admissions. In April 2018, Ronnie Busick was arrested and charged with four accounts of first-degree homicide for the deaths of the Bible and Freeman family. Two other suspects, Warren Philip Welch and David Pennington, were also identified. It was reported that at least a dozen witnesses claimed all three men bragged about raping and murdering Bible and Freeman and having taken Polaroid photographs of them. An affidavit made by a female witness who had lived with Welch for a brief time asserts that, quote, she heard conversations between the three men where they disclosed that the murder victims had owed them money, end quote. According to the affidavit, Welch, Pennington, and Busick had claimed to have raped and tortured the two friends before disposing of their remains in a pit or mine shaft in Pitcher, Oklahoma. In 2020, Busick pleaded guilty to being an accessory to first-degree homicide in the deaths of Ashley's parents, arson of the Freeman's home, and the abduction and presumed slayings of the two teenagers. A no-body conviction. Victim. Logan Tucker. Disappeared. June 23, 2002. Conviction. 2007. A six-year-old boy who vanished in 2002. His mother was eventually convicted of his death. A no-body conviction. Victim. Kelsey Schelling. Disappearance, February 4, 2013. Conviction date, March 8, 2021. Prosecution built a circumstantial case off of a hair found in the tire well of Schelling's car. A prison inmate that stated Lucas confessed that he killed Schelling and a series of circumstantial evidence that Lucas stole Schelling's car, cell phone, and $400 from her ATM. A no-body conviction. Victim, Jessica Hearinga. Disappearance date, April 26, 2013. Conviction, May 16, 2018. Willis was serving life in prison since 2017 for the 2014 murder of Rebecca Bletch. Police had suspected Willis of kidnapping and murdering Hearinga as well, but ever since Bletch murder investigation began, but Hearinga's body was never found. Willis was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. His cousin, Kevin, pleaded guilty to being an accessory after the fact by helping him dispose of her body and received five years probation. A no-body conviction. Victim, Sarah Stern, 
Disappearance date, December 2, 2016. Conviction, June 21, 2019. 19-year-old Sarah Stern disappeared in December of 2016 and was declared missing when her car was found abandoned on a bridge in Belmar, New Jersey. She was first believed to have either faked her death or committed suicide, but it was later discovered that she was murdered by her childhood friend, Liam McAtesney, who found out that Sarah had recently received over $10,000 from her late mother. He strangled Sarah to death, and with the help of his friend and roommate at the time, Preston Taylor, they disposed of the body by throwing it over the same bridge where her car was found. Her body was never found and is believed to have drifted out to the Atlantic Ocean before it could be recovered. Liam was able to be convicted due to Taylor's testimony. Evidence gathered by investigators, namely a lockbox hidden by Liam and his twin that contained Sarah's money. Liam had the key to the lockbox in his possession at the time of his arrest and his accidental self-incrimination when he confessed to the murder during a conversation with a friend whose car was equipped with an electronic device to tape and audio record the conversation. A no-body conviction. Victim. Ying Ying Zhang. Disappearance date, June 9, 2017, conviction, July 18, 2019. Christensen abducted Zhang after she missed her bus. Another woman, Emily Hogan, stated that Christensen posed as a police officer, similar to Ted Bundy, whom Christensen idolized. Christensen confessed to his ex-girlfriend that he had cut Zhang up into three pieces and dumped her body into the garbage cans. A no-body conviction. Victim, Kelsey Barrett. Disappearance, November 20, 2018. Conviction, 2019. Fraze's girlfriend testified of the murder. A no-body conviction. Victim, Victoria Prokopovich. Disappearance date, April 25, 2013. Conviction date, February 28, 2021. 59-year-old Victoria disappeared from her Pittsfield, Wisconsin home on April 25, 2013, leaving her purse, wallet, and cigarettes behind. Victoria's husband, James, reported her missing on April 26, stating that he last saw her the night before her disappearance. Prosecutors alleged James killed Victoria in order to have an affair with an old girlfriend, Kathy. In a secret John Doe hearing relating to the case, both James and Kathy provided false testimony about the timeline of their relationship, resulting in pre-jury and conspiracy to commit perjury charges being filed. James stated that he lied under oath because he was, quote, concerned that people would think if they found out he was involved with another woman so soon after Victoria went missing, end quote. After pleading guilty to the pre-jury charge, 
Kathy took her own life in 2020. On February 15, 2021, prosecutors delivered their opening statements in the state of Wisconsin versus James, charging James with first-degree intentional homicide, domestic abuse, obstructing an offer, and perjury before a court. Prosecutors claimed Victoria's body was not found because James disposed of her body in a sludge pond he had access to through his job at a paper mill. On February 28, 2021, after 24 hours of deliberation, the jury found James guilty on all counts, including first-degree intentional homicide. On May 26, 2021, James was sentenced to life in prison without parole. The case received national coverage and was broadcast on live court TV. A nobody conviction. So you guys, I just shared with you nearly two dozen no-body cases with convictions. And there are so many more. This proves that a body is not needed for a conviction. I have to admit, though, that I, too, would need damning evidence for someone to convict one of my loved ones in a no-body homicide case. I found a very interesting and informative article when searching on FBI.gov. It's called No-Body Homicide Cases, A Practical Approach, and it's written by FBI Special Agent Yoder on November 9, 2016. So in it, it states, a no-body homicide prosecution seems similar to other murder prosecutions, except the prosecutor must demonstrate the likelihood that the victim no longer is alive. This often proves a difficult, but not impossible, prosecutorial challenge. In a homicide case, the corpus delecti, remember that is the body, consists of proof that an unlawful death has occurred. So the body itself provides the best evidence of an unlawful death. However, other ways do exist to determine that a person died. Many homicide prosecutors often base their cases on circumstantial evidence. They must establish the following. One, that the victim died. Two, that the person was murdered. Three, the approximate time of death. Four, that the likely location of the crime is within the prosecutor's jurisdiction. And five, the person responsible for the murder. In one particular case, the judge determined that, quote, the fact that a murderer may successfully dispose of a victim's body does not entitle the offender to an acquittal. This illustrates one form of success for which society has no reward, end quote. So in April 2012, you guys, the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit 4, which I'll shortened to BAU4, hosted a symposium to discuss best practices with 50 law enforcement investigators and prosecutors who successfully litigated no-body homicide cases. 
This event resulted in a 2014 FBI manual titled No Body Homicides. In addition to highlighting historical precedent cases to underscore the validity of prosecuting homicide cases without locating victims' bodies, the manual includes chapters on investigative and prosecutorial issues and associated best practices. Since the 2012 symposium, BAU4, has created a database that contains over 660 no-body homicide prosecutions in the United States, including over 477 cases prosecuted since 1995, along with the prosecutor's contact information. BAU4 often recommends that a prosecuting attorney who never has taken a no-body homicide case and plans to should contact experienced prosecutors who can help assess the strength of the current case and provide guidance and support. You guys, that is brilliant. I truly hope prosecutors take advantage of this. The FBI's database serves as a conduit for individuals to locate fellow prosecutors to discuss best practices for no-body homicide cases and investigative steps to cover before proceeding. In addition to helping prosecutors, you guys, this BAU-4 can assist in all aspects of the investigation. They are here to help in investigative suggestions, behavioral analysis of suspects, victimology issues, and resources such as the Violent Criminal Apprehension Program database and FBI laboratory services. The BAU staff members also serve as a sounding board to discuss cases, determine probable events and action plans, evaluate suspects, and provide expertise supporting the likelihood that a victim may be deceased. As investigators move from a missing person case toward a possible homicide investigation, this group, BAU4, can help with case analysis, personality assessments of known suspects, interview strategies, media plans, and other investigative tactics. As with many homicides, offenders and victims often know each other. And perpetrators generally have a motive to commit a homicide. So if suspects attempt to distance themselves in time or location, investigators must invalidate any fabricated alibis. A concise timeline, forensic evidence, and behavioral analysis help link offenders to the crime scene and wipe away any of the false illusions. BAU-4 aids investigators and prosecutors by assessing the strength of the homicide investigation and providing collaborative recommendations for a successful outcome. So in conclusion of what I just read, every day people file missing person reports. The majority are cleared because of law enforcement organization located the the subject, the person returned home, or the filing agency determined the entry was invalid. 
Some missing persons disappear voluntarily, while others fall victim to criminal actions. So law enforcement agencies often must determine whether or not the individual became a homicide victim. The body itself serves as the best evidence of an unlawful death. However, you guys, other ways exist to establish that a person died or was murdered. The FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit 4 has created a no-body homicide database. The BAU-4 personnel are available to assist law enforcement agencies in several ways with these cases. So now we know there is a procedure in place for a no-body homicide. It makes me wonder how many agencies actually use these resources that are available to them. So I called and spoke with a very kind lady named Grace at the FBI, and I tried to get the manual for the nobody case. After trying to find ways to help me obtain the manual, it came down to me having to be in law enforcement in order to get the information, which I completely understand. So let's get back to Jessica Bedford. Is the Wayne County prosecutor stalling because it takes more time, dedication, preciseness, diligence, and focus to prosecute a nobody case? Is the prosecutor stalling because he has never lost a case and is more worried about his clean record than Jessica Bedford's justice? Is the prosecutor stalling because he doesn't want to reach out for help and further his knowledge and education in prosecuting a nobody case? Is the prosecutor stalling because Wayne County is understaffed and he is overwhelmed? What's the hang-up? Without Jessica Bedford's body, it appears that the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office is stalling big time. As I mentioned last week, I was informed that Wayne County hasn't taken a case without a body since around 2000. And again, I say bullshit to that. That means nothing to me. If this was the prosecutor's daughter, I guarantee you he'd be all over this. And with what has been presented to him, he would prosecute in a heartbeat. I don't give a shit if you've never tried a case without a body. There is a first time for everything. And why don't you make Jessica Bedford your first win without a body? Be a hero. Trust the incredible, hardworking, dedicated, and intelligent detectives within MSP. And get another killer off the streets. Use the resources that are available to help you get a win without a body. We can't stop and we won't stop fighting for Jessica Bedford's justice. We will make sure her alleged killer or killers cannot do this to another innocent person. We will put pressure on authorities to treat Jessica Bedford as if she was their own daughter. You guys, this bullshit happens way more often than you think. 
So many families think they are alone in their fight against law enforcement. I am here to let you know that you are not alone. You are not the only family treated poorly by law enforcement when seeking justice for your loved one. I am here to help you get the confidence to speak up, use your voice, and prove what is truly happening in your loved one's case. Please join our live this Sunday and every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook at Can't Stop, Won't Stop. You can also follow me at MyLindsayAnn on Instagram. I'd like to note that I have zero training in law enforcement, and I have zero training as a lawyer. I'm just a girl that is driven to find justice. I'm just a girl that truly cares. I'm just a girl that has a hell of a lot more empathy for victims' families than many people with badges. It is absolutely disgusting what so many grieving families have to go through. What if this happened to your innocent child? Would you stop fighting? Would you back down? Hell no. We can't stop and we won't stop fighting until we get answers. Thank you so much to K-Step 58 for your five-star review on Apple Podcast. She says, quote, Lindsay's voice is clear, crisp, and not rushed. Can't wait to hear more about lovely Egypt's case. Looking forward to hearing other families' stories for justice, end quote. K-Step 58, thank you so much. I appreciate you more than you know. And regarding lovely Egypt's case, Yes, you will be hearing more about that as soon as I get the okay from the detectives and the prosecutor to continue moving forward. Thank you so much for all of your support, every one of you, for all of the reviews and five stars that you've that you've given to me. I appreciate it. And you guys can check out my merch at can'tstopwontstop.store. Enjoy. You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. It has been nine years since Tanner Barton and Charles Netherland have been taken from all of us. It has been four years since Egypt Covington and Brittany Bell were taken from us. And it has been five months since Promise Merriman West was taken from all of us. It has been too many years of obstacles and lies from people they trusted and from the police. It has been too many years that no family should ever have to go through. Tanner, Charles, Egypt, Brittany, and Promise, we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for you and every other victim that deserves justice. Please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information. And a huge thank you to singer and songwriter, Mr. Peace, for allowing us the rights to use the song, Where'd You Go?, featuring our beloved Egypt Covington. We appreciate it. 
Just some